it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And we are back in action on a big Monday, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never kicked homeless veterans out of hotel rooms to accommodate illegal immigrants. The Biden administration telling the men who fought for this country to take a hike because their rooms are going to people who snuck into this country. That's not right. It's patently disgusting. I mean, serious lowlife stuff. We're going to discuss it with the man who is investigating the Biden family. We're talking about House Oversight Chair James Comer, who is looking inside. The Hunter Biden business transactions. Hunter's a dirtbag. Good goodness. Former Utah Congressman Jason Chaffetz is going to be in the House as well, taking us inside the race for the Republican nomination. And comedian Charles McBee. You know Charles McBee as the head writer for Charlemagne the God over on Comedy Central. And he is going to weigh in on the Democrat obsession with playing the race card. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Maybe so, but they doubled down pretty hard this weekend, and we're going to get into it. 888-788-9910. It's a big Monday. If you want to be a part of the show, there is no screening process whatsoever. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No man. You can be a Republican, be a Democrat, be a Libertarian, be an Independent. All we ask is that you don't be a There it is. Happy Monday. Back in action. Uh, doing the show live uh, this week from the Fox Studios here in New York at the end of the week. Just a programming note. Thursday night, this Thursday night, I will be filling in for Greg Gutfeld. I'll be hosting the number one late night show in America in place of our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg, who gets a well-deserved night off. And then after that show Thursday night, I am heading down to Clearwater, Florida, baby. And if you want to see Kennedy and I in action, we will be at the Capitol Theater this coming Saturday. It is May the 20th. Uh, Tickets available at Ticketmaster. Or you can go to Ruth Eckerd Hall as well, RuthEckerdHall.com. Either one of those websites will get you tickets to the Laughs and Liberty Tour. We're going to do a meet and greet in the lobby bar afterwards, take a lot of selfies. It's going to be a wild one. So buckle up. Uh, The one thing I still have to do, though, before I go is book my hotel room, uh, is apparently I have to pay for my hotel room this weekend because I didn't sneak into the country illegally. What the hell is the world coming to? This is so crazy to me. And I, I, the idea that people aren't more embarrassed over just the basic optics of what the end of Title 42 will constitute for actual American citizens let alone the guys who fought for the country. So let me give you this report over the weekend. You know, we have a massive problem with homeless veterans in this country. Okay, it's a big problem. You know, the bigger problem is that once every 22 minutes, a veteran commits suicide in this country. Once every 22 minutes. It's horrific to think the people that are sacrificing and risking so much feel so forgotten and traumatized and lost and underfunded and underappreciated 
that we want, find ourselves in a situation where the veterans who serve this country, who fight for your freedoms, are so failed by our society that one of them commits suicide every 22 minutes. That is horrific. But knowing that to be the reality, and then to find out over the weekend that the President of the United States is now incentivizing hotels to remove these migrants, excuse me, to remove these veterans and replace them with the migrants. This guy's a serious ass. Migrants who wouldn't be in this country were it not for Biden's border policies. Biden sucks. But imagine what that does to the morale of service members. Service members who already feel failed by our society. Service members who are already committing suicide once every 22 minutes are now being told by this administration that they got to go. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. And it goes beyond veterans. There was, you know, you might have saw the story over the weekend up at the Crossroads Hotel in Newburgh, New York, where a family whose wedding plans saw them booking 30 hotel rooms. Okay. They were getting married. They had a lot of family coming in from out of town. They had booked up a block of 30 rooms so everybody could stay in the same place, go to the wedding. Okay. They were just informed by the hotel. You can't do it. Sorry about that. You can't do it. Because we've got illegal migrants getting relocated to our hotel. This is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But even more so, okay, there's a reason behind it. One is that the border is wide open. Two is the hotels play along. Why? Because money, 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 money. The federal government is going to pay a lot more to house these migrants than you are to go to a wedding. So the hotels are compliant just because they're getting more money from the feds. But you understand the feds aren't spending their money. They're spending your money. Did any of us say, hey, it'd be great if you could, I don't know, take all of our tax dollars, kick the veterans out onto the street, kick the wedding party out onto the street, and just give the rooms to the migrants for free? The answer would be no. Imagine that. All over the country right now, Hotels are serving a free continental breakfast to people who snuck onto the continent in some instances because the people crossing our border come from 68 different nations around the world. They try in the hyper-reductive, you know, hyper-partisan world that we live in, try to reduce everything to some matter of racial discrimination. Well, they only want to secure the border because they're a bunch of racists. They don't like the Mexicans. That's what they try to tell you. But the truth is... People coming across our southern border are from every nation on the planet, and they're coming not because we have a broken, you know, immigration system. They're coming because the border happens to be open. Bingo. Okay, understand, the immigration system, it is complex. It is far from perfect. But as complicated as it can be, as many hoops as there are to jump through— Do you think anyone would walk a thousand miles to our country right now if they knew they weren't getting in? The answer would be no. Dude, they're not doing it to sightsee. There's plenty of places to stop and take a swim before you get to the border. Okay? They're not doing it to swim. They're not doing it to sightsee. They're doing it because they're getting in. Correct the mundo. But do you understand the fact that we are not securing our border? We are not de-incentivizing this type of a trip 
is the reason why veterans and, yes, taxpayers in this country are now being told they got to get the hell out of their hotels. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Let me give you some of the clips, because over the weekend, as the flow of migrants was actually, to be fair, we don't have official numbers. They're supposed to go out in a few hours. But the White House is taking a victory lap because they want you to believe the border is going better than people expected. Here is Joe Biden. He was on a bicycle trip. He stopped to talk to reporters. I honestly, I don't know what's more surprising here, that he actually stopped to talk to reporters spontaneously or that he was able to stay on the bike without crashing it. Come on, man. Well, you've seen the videos. Here it is, clip one. I think things are going at the border, sir. Much better than, much, much better than you all expected. <laughs> Do you have any plans to visit no, the border? No, I think. Pardon me? Do you have any plans to visit the border? Not in the near term, no. No, it'd just be disruptive, not anything else. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Joe Biden says the border, oh, it's going much better than expected. Really? Tell that to the veteran who just got kicked out of his hotel. You suck, you jackass. Seriously, a guy who fought for the country, risked his life, compromised his life in every way based on the things he's seen. It's a homeless veteran, do you understand? The guy's in a bad spot. Some type of chemical reliance, some type of, you know, mental health issue. The guy's homeless, okay? A guy fought for this country and is now homeless. There's no world where that guy getting thrown out onto the streets to fend for himself is going better than expected. I mean, but that is Joe Biden. That's who he is. No, no, it's got, we're kicking the veterans out of the hotel. It's going good. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Here's another dirtbag. Alejandro Mayorkas, your Homeland Security Secretary, he went on CNN yesterday. CNN is the worst. But he was looking for, you know, a little softball at bat yesterday, Sunday. You don't want to hit a 98-mile-an-hour fastball on a Sunday. Let's, have, let's get some slow-pitch softball. Let's go over to CNN. We'll field some questions on the border. Here is Mayorkas, the guy presiding over a border situation that has seen six million migrants come into this country since they took over the border. It's the highest recorded number in the history of the country. Here's Mayorkas telling CNN they've done an extraordinary job. That's the claim. Clip two. Arizona Congressman Ruben Gallego said, quote, federal agencies have had time to plan, but their efforts have fallen short. How do you respond to him and some other Democrats who say that you've fallen short? Uh, I would respectfully uh, disagree. We have been planning for months and months, over a year and a half. We have surged resources, uh, asylum officers, uh, border patrol agents, processing coordinators to do the data entry work so our border patrol agents can be out in the field. We've expanded our holding capacity in border patrol stations. We've added beds to immigration and customs enforcement in our detention facilities. We've increased our transportation resources. The number of flights, uh, uh, removal flights with our foreign partners. We're setting up regional processing centers now. It's extraordinary what we've done over the past 18 months or so. You are so full of It's extraordinary what we've done over the last 18 months. That is a fact check false. Understand, the highest recorded number of migration in the history of the country, okay, when it comes to members of our terror watch list, okay, 
We know a few hundred of which have been stopped at the border. We don't know just how many have made it into the country. We have 530,000 lone gotaways in the past year alone. Biden is such a disaster. But think about that. These guys are out there saying, that's an extraordinary job we're doing at the southern border. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. In truth, it is an extraordinary job if you're working for the drug cartels, if you're working for human traffickers, then yes, you guys are killing it. Like, there's no way you're not getting a bonus in this month's paycheck. I mean, if the, if the cartel isn't giving them a bonus, bonuses shouldn't exist for anybody. Here is my orchestra asked where the border czar is. Remember Kamala Harris? Biden said she was in charge of the southern border, and she went down there and conducted a study on the root causes of illegal immigration and found that it was climate change. That was embarrassing. No one is migrating to our country illegally because they're worried about what the weather's going to do in 50 years. They're migrating to our country illegally again and again and again because they're getting in. He knows what he's talking about. Here's my Arcus, though, asked about Kamala Clip 3. It was back in, in two years ago, more than two years ago, uh, that uh, the president put Vice President Kamala Harris in, uh, uh, in, in playing a critical role in terms of trying to stop the flow of migrants across the border. Where has Vice President Harris been on this? Are you in regular contact with her? When was the last time you spoke to her? Um, I, I, uh, Vice President Biden, uh, Vice President Harris reached out to me uh, earlier this week. Uh, that uh, effort is a years-long effort, and Vice President Harris has led the investment of more than $3 billion in the Northern Triangle countries of Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. So, I mean, dude. Not even close! Kamala Harris hasn't led anything. Okay, that investment of $3 billion they made into the Northern Triangle country of Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador was again in the name of climate change. You gotta do better than that! Because they're not coming over climate change. Okay, but when we are, no, she's been leading the way, she's been doing a good job. That's politics. That's a guy trying to protect the administration. If only he was trying to protect the border half as hard, we might have a shot. But understand, as I'm sitting here kicking off the week with you on the radio, a week I'm really excited to be a part of. we got a lot going on on the radio and the TV. We're going down to Florida and everything in between. Okay, I grew up in a country, okay, that prioritized a greater good. I grew up in a town that was founded as a post-World War II settlement for American GIs returning home from the war. I grew up in Levittown around a bunch of old men you should never make a southern move around. Okay, they drank a lot of cheap beer. They swam in above-ground pools. uh, But they enjoyed a good quality of lower-middle-class life because they had fought for our country, okay, and had earned that right to an affordable house through the GI Bill. Okay, now we're dealing with an America where a good percentage of veterans have nowhere to live. And the ones who did just lost their spot because Biden kicked him out for illegal immigrants. It's disgusting in every sense of the word. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America Last. It's the number one show with humans and animals. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking with James Comer, House Oversight Committee Chair. Guy pouring through documents as we speak to get to the bottom of all of these shell companies and LLCs the Bidens were funneling money through. Are you the big man, Joe? I mean, if he's not the big man, if he's not getting a kickback, I'd love to know why the hell you set up 15 LLCs, none with a declared business. And then wire the money through all 50 of them only to stick it into your grandkids' bank accounts. Seriously. That seems like a legitimate, totally upstanding business. Come on. Don't bullshit me. You know, when you go out to dinner with your buddies and you're like, hey, let's split the check. What do I owe you? Oh, no, you owe me 80 bucks. Okay. Well, I'm going to have you send it through 15 companies and then ship it to one of the grandkids. And they'll ultimately get it over to me. That doesn't happen when you're involved in a legitimate business exchange that's true that is true so i'm interested to hear what comer has to say one more quick one on the border really quick ron DeSantis was in sioux city iowa over the weekend uh his comments noteworthy because he's telling anybody that'll listen he's going to be the next president of the united states of america wrong okay we'll get into that stuff jason chaffetz is stopping by in the third hour but here's DeSantis, not on the election uh but talking about the border clip seven it's a disaster, and it's um, a man-made disaster with bad policies. And so you obviously are going to continue to have bad, bad things happen because they're not going to change uh, the policy. But uh, it should be shut. The border should just be shut down. I mean, that's what you do. You know, if we were in, if this were like World War II era, they would have shut that down in 48 hours. Our country does not get things done anymore, and that's something that we're going to need to change. I mean, he's not wrong. Okay, the border situation is this. People are waiting in line to get into this country legally, many of whom are waiting five years, eight years, ten years. Okay, we're now being told these asylum seekers, because if you show up to the border and declare asylum, they let you in automatically, and they give you a trial date. The earliest one right now is 2027. Now, 90% of the people who have an asylum case don't show up to it. They don't get deported, so they're just here in the country, pulling off of our resources. Okay, understand what a slap in the face that is to people who do this legally. Okay, and understand what an even bigger slap in the face it is to taxpayers who are actually here being forced to fund all of this. But then take it to the final step, which is just how big of an F you it is to the people that are tasked with protecting us in the armed forces. You have no idea how to defend a nation. Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if the band sounds fired up, it's because you darn well better believe they are. Joining us now on the show, superstar representative from Kentucky's 1st Congressional District. He is the House Oversight and Reform Committee Chairman James Comer. Back on the show. Hey, man. 
Hey, Jimmy, how's it going? You know what? It's going down to Lexington, Kentucky. I'm going to be there June 24th. I have to do a stand-up show at the Lexington Opera House. Oh, wow. Uh, are they going to rough me up, or is that a good Fox crowd? No, they'll roll out the red carpet for you. You're you're in Fox country. Oh, now you're talking, Comer. Okay. Well, you see, more enthusiasm out of you than my agent. My agent was just like, get down to Lexington. But you never know with these people. They'll just send you anywhere. You know what I mean? So you made me That's feel right. better. Well, thank you for that. Um, you know, I have to get out there and work for my money. I don't have it coming to me via 15 LLCs that then get funneled through the grandkids like some people we know. I know. You you should have married a Biden. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this question, okay? And I know this investigation is still ongoing, but just on a basic level, have you ever seen anyone work this hard to conceal the source of income that was doing something legitimate? No. No, and that's the point. That's the point that it's frustrating to me that the press doesn't pick up. I mean, we just said on a nationally televised press conference that the Biden family was a part of nearly 20 LLCs that didn't appear to have any legitimate function other than was a vehicle to launder money. That's a pretty serious accusation. Mm-hmm about the president's immediate family, and not a single reporter asked Joe Biden about it, uh, because none of those businesses are legitimate, because we've got enough bank records and talked to enough people to know. So obviously they were hiding something. This is what they get the mob and the mafia on. It's, uh, It's racketeering and tax evasion and wire fraud, the stuff that we you know, essentially presented to the media last week. Yes, and the understanding here is nobody receiving this money has any declared business interest uh, that these people would be associated with other than they must have clearly been selling some type of influence. Is that the takeaway? That's the takeaway. And how would Joe Biden's grandkids be providing influence to a Romanian national? <laughs> How would the daughters-in-law be providing influence to the Chinese Communist Party? And, and honestly, at the end of the day, what could Hunter Biden do mm-hmm. for those people? I mean, what we proved during the, the press conference that had never been reported before, uh, the media, in their defense of the Biden family influence peddling, would always say, well, none of these payments that were made to the Bidens were ever made while Joe was in office. That was not true, and we proved that. A, a, a big percentage of those payments happened while Joe Biden not only was vice president, but was traveling in those countries and actively engaged in foreign policy decisions, including foreign aid. Well, that's the part that's so frustrating. We're talking to Kentucky Representative James Comer. He's, of course, the House Oversight and Reform Committee chairman, is that there's just such a lack of intellectual curiosity from the media. And the truth is, you know, I I try to tell this to liberals all the time. They think the press is doing them a favor by not scrutinizing Democratic politicians. But if the president's compromised, we're all in a mess here, okay, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or anything in between. So in a lot of ways, the media is failing the American people because their basic job of oversight and the press isn't being done. That's exactly right. And, you know, when I took political science in college in the, in the mid-'90s, you know, the, the media was, was a check and balance. The media set the agenda. The media was an important part of our democracy. It was an important part of the Constitution, uh, freedom of the press. But what you've got now is, is a press corps 
they're not questioning Joe Biden for public corruption. They're attacking me for having the audacity to even investigate Joe Biden in public corruption. And they're like, well, you know, there's nothing here, Joe. Yo, Joe didn't do anything. So, you know, maybe his family did some things they weren't supposed to, but but that doesn't have anything to do with Joe. And that's that is ridiculous. Of course, it has everything to do with Joe Biden. No, spot on. Again, uh, prior to Joe Biden getting into office, I can promise you there wasn't an overseas market for his grandchildren (laughs) to be getting money. And that's the tell again and again and again. This is what the mafia does. You move money through other entities to conceal the fact that it's going to someone for something else. I mean, it's a racket. But let me ask you this, okay? When I hear that the FBI isn't going to hand over an FBI, the 1023, and I guess that's the whistleblower report alleging actual Joe Biden direct involvement. Do they give you an explanation or do they just say no? It was a patronizing explanation, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. They they told us what a uh, uh, Form 1023 was. Uh, obviously, we knew what a Form 23, uh, 1023 <laughs> was. And then they essentially said, don't worry about this. Trust us. We'll take care of it. Well, Number one, I have zero trust in the FBI, and I think Senator Grassley would share my uh, opinion of the FBI right now. Secondly, why can't you say whether or not you looked into it or not? Yeah, that's that's what we want to know. We know the form exists, okay, Jimmy? We know. Uh-huh. So, so, so what we want to know is what the FBI did to investigate it. Number one, did you investigate it? And number two, what did you find? Mm-hmm. Because that would that would save a lot of time and trouble. Because this is a serious accusation, acute. And, and here's here's why I think it's credible, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. What the what the informant alleged that Joe Biden did, and how they hid the payments, mm-hmm. is consistent with what we found in Romania, and China, and other countries that I haven't disclosed yet. Mm-hmm. Now, that. That informant disclosed this over three years ago. No one knew about this web of LLCs until about a month ago when I started talking about it on on TV. So this informant laid out a picture long before anyone knew about the, the web of LLCs and the influence peddling in these other countries. So to me, it fits a pattern that no one else would have known about and it's pretty credible. Yeah, that's the part that's so crazy is when you start to see that overlap and there's still not an interest. I mean, nothing short of Joe Biden getting handed a briefcase full of cash is going to get the media to even acknowledge this is a thing. And that's the part that I think is so frustrating. But then another frustration I'm speaking to is, I mean, I, I was I was watching with Maria Bartiromo yesterday. Just to clarify for the audience, the whistleblower uh, is not cooperating or they've disappeared. What is the story there? So. I didn't do a good job explaining. I, I, the, the, there are many whistleblowers. Okay, mm-hmm. we've got whistleblowers that uh, there's the IRS whistleblower. There's the grass, what I call the Grassley whistleblower. This is the one you and I yeah. uh, were, were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Then there are other whistleblowers. The whistleblower that I was talking about was the one in uh, Israel mm-hmm. that's that's currently. Missing uh, Luff. Uh, what, what is his name? Uh, hold on one second. It's uh, wow. 
but Gall Luff. That's okay. who I was talking about. That's okay. missing. Okay. The, so MSNBC runs a story saying, "Oh, the whistleblower's missing." Ha ha ha. They, you know, they, sh- they never wrote about the press conference or the or the thirty-page memorandum we gave the press. They wrote they wrote about the whistleblower missing, thinking it was the Grassley whistleblower, implying that I guess there was never a whistleblower to begin with, or they were happy that maybe somebody killed him in another country. But let me assure you, the Grassley whistleblower and the informant. They are alive and well, so much to the disappointment of the left-wing media that's been saying that. But there are a lot of people that were involved with Hunter Biden in these shady business dealings that are missing. And we mentioned uh, a couple with the the CEFC, including that Chairman Yi, Mm -hmm. who was supposedly detained in China. This was his main business partner that Mm -hmm. uh, gave him the diamond and all that stuff. Uh, No one's seen him in years. He was detained by the Chinese government. So there's a pattern here of these foreign nationals not uh, hanging around very long after they uh, were caught mm-hmm. doing business with, with Hunter Biden. Yeah, I was going to say, because it, it, it can't be a good place to be now all, all these years later. I mean, it was probably nice when you could get rich in the shadows. But the fact that you've got you guys have even brought the level of exposure as high as you have, I think, does all of us a favor. Um, listen, at the very least. I think if you want to get the press to cover this, I think we need to create a game show. You know how they have the masked singer? What if I produced the masked whistleblower and we could get yeah. it greenlit? Do you think they'd cover it then? I, don't, I do not. I do not. They're, they're so scared of uh, being proven wrong again like they were on the Steel dossier with all Adam Schiff stuff. And honestly, I think more than anything, they're terrified that Donald Trump's going to be president again. Uh, that Washington Post poll, yeah. you know, and that's one of them, Washington yeah. Post. Mm-hmm. That Washington Post poll that came out two weeks ago that showed Donald Trump six points ahead of Joe Biden, it it put panic in the eyes of the Washington, D.C. press corps. Yeah, they're not. Okay, happy. they're going to do every they – are, they are doing everything in their ability to defend Joe Biden. But look, the polling, I, I cited a Rasmussen poll, mm-hmm. which is a respectable polling firm, that showed 7 in 10 Americans think that Joe Biden was involved in a public corruption scheme. And they want the House Oversight Committee to continue to investigate and produce facts for the American people. 70% of the American people. So it's like the press is about as aware of what the American people want, as CNN was and Caitlin Collins was with that audience in, funny. in New Hampshire. I mean, the questions that she asked that Republican audience aren't questions that Republicans care about. They're not issues Republicans care about. She asked questions that very liberal left-wing Democrats care about. And I think that the media are so liberal now. They and, and they they hate Donald Trump so bad, and they hate Republicans so bad that they don't understand that one of the most important issues with the American people, in addition to the economy, is public corruption. Yep. And nobody supports public corruption, and they expect politicians to investigate public corruption, and that's what we're doing on the House Oversight Committee. Well, you'll be proud of me because for my show in Lexington, they just buy the tickets directly from the website. It doesn't get transferred through any companies. Nobody's <laughs> grandkids get involved. I'm just trying to keep you off my back, Homer. I don't need the, I don't good. need an investigation. <laughs>
That's good. That's, I, you don't need to have 20 LLCs and, and uh, a bunch of shell companies now. <laughs> I mean, crazy. You get in trouble, Jimmy. Now, I know. Your last name's not Biden. <laughs> no, but it's true. You know, it's it's you know, my brothers both work in law enforcement, and that's the one thing we're marveling at here is we've never in our lives, okay, heard of a legitimate business entity that is sending the money through 15 different companies before it ends up where it's supposed to be. Google Google racketeering. And- <laughs> see what comes up. <laughs> Just Google it. Well, knowing Google, they probably restricted my access to the story, but yeah. I'll, I'll take a look for entertainment. Listen, I appreciate your time. Keep playing good ball out there, okay? Uh, I appreciate thanks, you, brother. Be well. There he goes, Representative James Comer. That's the point, okay? Just full stop right there. If you're Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Independent, okay? The Biden family was getting money from places like Romania, places like China, places like Russia, But rather than saying, hey, Biden family, here's the money, okay, they were sending the money between 15 different companies. All of the companies are owned by the Biden family, but they send them through 15 different companies so these transactions can wind up with Joe Biden's brother, Joe Biden's kids, Joe Biden's grandkids. Okay, what do every one of these people have in common, aside from the fact that they are related to Joe Biden, which it would make one believe, okay, would be the reason this money was coming in? Did the grandkid have a background in energy? The answer would be no. How about Hunter? The answer would be no. Jim Biden? The answer would be no. Weird. Sisters? The answer would be no. (laughs) None of them have a background in any of these industries, but they're getting money anyway while Joe Biden happens to be the vice president of the United States. Okay, understand they're getting this money because they're related to Biden. And this very much looks like some type of pay-for-play influence peddling scheme at a time when these governments or countries that are operating, excuse me, companies that are operating under these governments are attempting to do business with the United States government Money is coming into the vice president's family. Okay, this is racketeering 101. And understand, of all of these companies, none of them, none of them actually have a declared business. It's not like, well, we were going to wire the money to the construction company because they consulted on a construction project in Kiev. Uh, but we wound up sending it to their financial consulting company first, who then wired it over to the construction company because there was paper. No, it's nothing like that. Do you understand? $10 million went to a family that doesn't have a name on its business, that doesn't have a declared business in anything. They're not delivering pizzas. They're not doing, I mean, listen, are they, <laughs> they've, they've been known to deliver a few hookers and drugs uh, to Hunter's hotel rooms. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But they don't actually have a background in anything that they're getting paid for doing other than the fact that it would appear these transactions give them access to the vice president of the United States at the time. Okay, because there's no other reason to pay. And this is where the media is failing everyone listening to the show right now. Okay, if the president is compromised, you're compromised, our compromise, I'm compromised, our kids are compromised, our family's compromised. Okay, it's a real problem. 
And the fact that they won't even look at it because they're more concerned with swinging the next election or impacting the Democrats politically is why I'm telling you, no matter what you think about the media, they're not helping any of us. The media is a bunch of losers. The show that solves problems the old-fashioned way. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing on the radio. Charles McBee joining us in the next hour, head writer for Charlemagne the God. He's going to weigh in on Democrats' incessant playing of the race card. We're also going to hear from Jason Chaffetz, who is, of course, a superstar in his own right, former Utah congressman, Fox News contributor. We're going to go inside the 2024 race for the Republican nomination. Things heating up DeSantis and Trump had scheduled dueling rallies over the weekend in Iowa. Unfortunately, weather canceled President Trump's. So DeSantis got to give his rally, and then he showed up to the town Trump was in and met with people and ate some pizza and blah, blah, blah. This guy will say anything. I don't know. It's getting it's getting good, though. We're getting to that place now where you can tell everybody's about to get in the ring. Tim Scott from South Carolina is expected to launch his presidential campaign next Monday, May the 22nd. And jump into the race, too. That's the word on the street. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. I don't know that Tim Scott is going home to mommy. And I don't know who's more upset about that, President Trump or the Democrats as a whole. Because if Tim Scott gets into this race, it's a hell of a whole lot harder to play that race card. Okay, don't get me wrong. They're going to do it. They're going to call him a white supremacist. This is what they do. This is the playbook. But he does kind of make it a little bit harder to pull it off with a straight face. So I'm excited because we're about to get all the horses in the gate and we're about to start this race for real. And it's uh, it's a wild time. So don't go anywhere. McBee's going to weigh in. Jason Chaffetz is coming by. We'll get to your calls, text, tweets, carrier pigeons, smoke signals if Elizabeth Warren's listening, whatever works. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, back in action, second hour on a big Monday. And the deck stacked the rest of the way. Charles McBee, head writer for Charlemagne the God, is going to stop by and weigh in. And i got to be honest, some pretty divisive, pretty disgusting comments from your President Joe Biden. Come on, man. Now, Biden gave a speech over the weekend at Howard University. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. We have the sound. And uh, Biden, with a straight face, told the audience that white supremacy is the biggest threat facing the nation. Democrats are so full of crap. Are they ever? We'll discuss it in this hour. 888-788-9910. I, I got to tell you, man, you know, I spent a lot of time driving a taxi here in this town, and uh, I was literally the only white guy in my garage. There were 300 people in the garage, okay? The late, great Ann service, by the way. My old taxi garage down on 21st and 7th uh, is closed. It is no longer. It's not a thing. I went by to say hello on Saturday. We're filming a documentary uh, in Chelsea. I stopped by the garage on Saturday thinking I'd see the boys. <laughs> they have turned Ann service the legendary home of 2G34 where I'd pick up my cab every day. Uh, and service is no longer. They turned the garage into like a, 
utility garage. There's all kinds of trucks and construction vehicles, and there's a, a, a keypad on the door, so you can't even just walk in the door anymore. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? I don't know, but I'm, I'm looking into it. I'm tracking down some of my buddies, uh, former drivers, guys who manage the fleet, just to get to the bottom of this because that is where it all started. I love that place. It's just the best. So I went over there Saturday after the Fox Nation shoot, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go see the guys. We'll catch up. And nothing. So I'm beat up about it. But it's on my mind because why? That was the place where I went and drove a cab uh, and interacted with the broadest, broadest swath of civilization uh, you could ever hope to comprehend, quantify, or pull into focus. Meaning you pick up as a New York City cab driver people from all over this planet as well as people from other planets as well. That's true. That is true. Believe me, uh, if you don't think there's interplanetary travel, you have never driven a taxi in New York City. I have picked up some real winners over the years. My word. But the one thing I tell you about on the show is that we're so far past race as a people, so much further along than any of these race pimps in the Democratic Party and any of these grifters and the social justice fronts want you to believe Because they benefit from the division. Okay, Joe Biden is a guy who, if you remember, wrote the 1994 Biden crime bill, a bill that overzealously targeted nonviolent black drug offenders. So much so that when President Trump signed the First Step Prison Reform Act, it resulted in the early release of over 300,000 black Americans who were thrown in jail under the Biden bill. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. But Joe Biden, who's done a lot of damage to the black community over the years, has staked his entire presidential fortune on gaslighting the country along racial lines. Don't ever forget that down in Georgia, Joe Biden moved, forced Major League Baseball to move its all-star game Because he claimed that asking to see an ID when people voted was the equivalent of Jim Crow on steroids. That was the actual claim. You're the lowest form of life on earth. Understand, Jim Crow, okay, where they were beating people so they couldn't vote, where they were charging them, poll taxes, literacy clauses, grandfather clauses, burning down their houses, okay, Joe Biden, with a straight face, said it was Jim Crow on steroids. Worse than that. It was worse than that to ask people for a voter ID. Don't you have any respect for yourself? Apparently not, because here is the Biden clip. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia and 40 other states. So he's talking about that's Jim Crow on steroids is what he said with a straight face. What the hell were you thinking? What he was thinking is we yell racism so we can get our way. That's been the Democrat M.O. Let's just get out there and yell racism. We'll protect the black Americans from this imaginary threat. Never mind that we're really going to denigrate and demean them in the process. You talk about the soft bigotry of low expectations. Saying the black community is incapable of getting a voter ID, which means a driver's license, which means any state provided document, they're not capable of such things in the year 2023? Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. I mean, all the way outside. 
And imagine how insulting that is to black Americans. But now take it a step further. Imagine how insulting it is to the truth. The Georgia voter ID law, okay, that went into place before the 2022 midterms was followed by the highest recorded vote count in the history of the state of Georgia. Meaning they got more votes in this past midterm than they'd ever recorded in any election. Yet Joe Biden, Stacey Abrams, remember good old, good old Stacey Abrams, the former governor. Stacey Abrams is full of Maybe so, but she even said with a straight face. Well, just because the voter turnout's way up, it doesn't mean <laughs> that we're not suppressing the vote. Are you stupid or something? No, she's shameless. We're living in the death of shame. Don't ever forget, Joe Biden said he launched his whole campaign on the fact that it was a battle for the soul of our nation because Donald Trump refused to condemn neo-Nazis and white nationalists in Charlotte, North Carolina. Char- excuse me, in Charlottesville, Virginia. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Whoa, hold on a second. So uh, I guess we have some issues. <laughs> no issues. No issues, Mickey. Media just ran right along with it. No, no, he never, he never did this. I don't know what you're talking about. But understand, this has been Biden's entire M.O., is that every single time he has actually gotten out in front of a microphone, he has lied shamelessly when it comes to race. So maybe you shouldn't be surprised that he did this over the weekend at Howard University. But if you're a self-respecting person, it's still going to take you back a little bit. Why? Because when you look out at the country as a whole— and you make a list of the top, you know, 200 threats facing this country, I got to be honest with you. White supremacy doesn't crack, crack the list, okay? I, I don't even know what you would put at the top. I think my, my number one is probably Joe Biden. If I had to guess, that's the biggest threat facing the country. That is correct. Okay, but understand, fentanyl's the number one cause of adult death in this country. The murder rate is at a 30-year high. Okay, those murders aren't being committed. Oh, sorry. Little, whoa, they were not cheering the murder rate being up. We just had a funny glitch. My, the website opened on my computer, started playing a song, and it shocked me. It was like a travel ad. <laughs> Some good live radio for you. Some good old-fashioned live radio. In my opinion, that sucked. Maybe so, but it was fun for me. Uh, stick with me, though. Understand, the murder rate is at a 30-year high right now. And those murders aren't being committed by white supremacists. If they were, it would be all over every newscast known to man. They are creating white supremacy when it comes to deaths in this country. Right now in New York, they're trying to jail a Marine, a decorated Marine, for springing into action on the subway with the help of a fellow black passenger. They subdued a guy by the name of Jordan Neely, who was a zombie attacker strung out on K2 or gosh knows what. And understand they're now trying to claim his death was the result of his race. But they conveniently omit the fact that one of the people who subdued him was black. And the reason people buy this crap is because there are Democrats like Joe Biden. There are people in the media like the 
Joy Reeds of the world who like to get out on your TV from time to time. Joy Reed is a race-baiting loser. But they're willing to get out there and tell people that, you know, the racism, they're racist, it's white supremacy, they're going to make being black illegal. Simone Sanders, let me play her clip next. But why are they doing this? Because yelling racism doesn't require a deliverable from a political party. If you just say everybody's racist, so vote for us because those guys are racist, you don't need to improve anything in the quality of anyone's life. Think about it. Joe Biden said his election, the 2020 election, was a battle for the soul of our nation. Okay, so Joe Biden wins that election. Wrong. All right, whatever. The point is he's president. Whatever you, However you view the 2020 election, the point is the guy's president. Okay. Have black Americans, now that we've won that battle for the soul of our nation, is the economy better for them? The answer would be no. No. Inflation's at a 40-year high. How about crime in, in black communities? The answer would be no. No, the black murder rate is up 35% since the defund the police movement. I mean, surely fuel price is probably better for black America now that we won the battle for the soul of our nation. The answer would be no. Anything on schools? The answer would be no. Really weird. Well, fentanyl coming across the southern border, you know, we're only policing the border because we're a bunch of racists, right? I mean, clearly fentanyl only affects white Americans, right? The answer would be no. Let me tell you the craziest stat right now. The number one buyers in America of firearms by percentage, more black Americans make up the largest percentage of new gun owners in America, black Americans. Why are black Americans buying more guns than ever before? Because they know This administration, they know these woke mayors. Everything woke turns to But the point is they know they're not going to be protected. They understand now that everything coming out of the Democratic Party is some type of public gaslighting about racism. But there's no actual deliverable when it comes to protecting them. So here is some just shameless Biden stuff saying white supremacy the most dangerous terrorist threat to the country. Clip 14. Stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. And I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say it wherever I go. Garbage like you just makes me sick. He says the number one threat is white supremacy wherever he goes. That is a fact check false. Here he is in June of 2021 telling the other side of the world the number one threat is climate change. Clip 15. You know what the Joint Chiefs told us the greatest threat facing America was? Global warming. Because there'll be significant population movements. Fights over land, millions of people leaving places because they're literally sinking below the sea in Indonesia because of the fights over what is arable land anymore. You shut your mouth, you bastard! So we went from the number one threat to America is white supremacy. And I'm not just saying that because I'm at an HBCU. Um, I say that everywhere I go. You're not telling me the truth. I just played you a clip of him saying the number one threat is global warming. Is it white supremacy, global warming, or is it Mother Nature is a white supremacist? Oh, wow! They might just claim that next. Why? Because it's their only way of getting votes. Okay, this is what it's all about. The Democrats are not in the position, they're not in the business of bettering the quality of life 
for anyone other than the Democratic Party. Who opposes school choice right now? The Democrats. Why? Because the teachers union is one of the top two lobbying arms of the Democratic Party. It's them and it's the climate change loonies. That's who gives them all their money. So the climate change loonies get to do whatever they want. When the teachers unions wanted to drink wine in their pajamas, rosé all day, they kept the schools shut down. Okay, one in three kids in this country right now cannot read at a grade level. I love the poorly educated. But not as much as the Democrats do because they're not out there prioritizing, you know, improving the academic uh, commitment to students. No, they're forcing drag queens into kindergarten classes. Look, I know nobody can read. But everything will be better if you just get a lap dance from a guy named Cinnabons. That'll turn this problem around. That's who they are. These are clowns. And when the test scores don't improve, the quality of education doesn't get any better because they're trapping black children in failing inner city schools. What do they say? Oh, the Republicans. You don't understand. Schools would be great if it wasn't for the Republicans. They don't want you getting an education. The Democrats lie about everything when it comes to race issues. And the only reason I sit here and I continue to call it out is because I want black Americans to get it. I don't need you to become Republicans, but I need you to vote and hold the people you vote for accountable because there is no deliverable. You elected Joe Biden because the other guy was supposedly so racist. America was systemically racist. We had to get rid of the guy that had been in government for three years and replace him with the guy that had been in this racist government for 50 years. It didn't make sense then, and it didn't make sense now, because he's not improving the quality of anybody's life. He's just telling everybody how racist the opposition is so he can get off the hook for fixing anything. Are you tired of losing political debates because your party doesn't have any good ideas? I had the same problem until I got racism, the Democrat prescription that reduces every single issue to race problems. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Using racism can make you feel like a good person, even if you're patently terrible. I have some skeletons in my closet that I need to cover up so that I can get elected. And with no basis in fact, personal attacks have never been easier. Whether you're slandering an ex-president. I don't think they like me very much. Or even... Even a dead children's author. Mom, they canceled Dr. Seuss. So don't waste your time finding solutions to real problems. Create pretend problems. It's not enough to say I'm not a racist in America. I need to be anti-racist. Warning. A percentage of Democrats who used racism experienced limited grasp of facts and were prone to blurting out racist things themselves. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Ask your government-provided doctor about racism today. If you have a problem problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Listen to this doozy. Really just disgusting what's going on out there in the media right now as it pertains to playing the race card. You know, as a guy, as I told you, who drove a cab, the only white guy in a garage full of 300 people that were not white, <laughs> I can tell you uh, the last thing any of them were worried about was white supremacy. They were worried about paying bills. They were worried about keeping their families safe, getting their kids a decent education. None of the things you're about to hear from Simone Sanders, who is somehow still employed after saying the Supreme Court wants to make black history illegal and could make it illegal to even serve food to black people. This is the one I want to play. This is disgusting. Listen to this. Clip 32. 
The justices will also decide whether or not business owners who don't want to make wedding websites for same-sex couples are protected by the First Amendment. Now, if the Supreme Court rules in favor of the business owner in this case, whom no one even asked to make a website, by the way, companies could use the ruling to legally deny service to anyone, not just members of the LGBTQ plus community. So that daycare you like, it could assert their First Amendment right to not take Jewish families or black children. A locally owned restaurant could put restrictions on who they allow inside. Given the track record of this court, y'all, this is not hyperbole. Dr. Maya Angelou said, when people show you who they are, believe them the first time. We have seen the damage that this conservative Supreme Court majority can do. So brace yourselves, folks. The decisions are coming. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Fair question. Simone Sanders says people could, it would be illegal to serve black people. If the Supreme Court gets their way, Maya Angelou was right. When people show you who they are, believe them. Simone Sanders just showed us who she was, an idiot. Correct the mundo. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And I'll give you some real talk from you to me right now. Me to you, anyway. We'd normally have this next guest in studio. Uh, But he's returning from San Francisco, and we couldn't risk the contact high. So we're doing this over the phone. Comedian, superstar writer Charles McBee on the program. Hey, man. What's going on, buddy? Have you thought out from your time in the 415 yet? Oh, my goodness. My, oh, my. (laughs) Yo, so listen, let's have this talk. Because I've been there, and I've been there pretty recently. What it reminds me of right now is the thriller video. Do you remember the Michael Jackson thriller video when everyone starts coming out of the manholes and stuff? Of course. At one point, did you start looking around for Michael? (laughs) Bro, it's not to Grandpappy San Francisco, let me tell you. (laughs) I still, you know, the people are great. It's still an amazing comedy town, but mm-hmm. man, oh man. Even the people, you know who craps on San Francisco the most? Mm-hmm. San Franciscans. Yeah. <laughs> so They're true. like, what the heck is going on with our cities? They, like, they are upset. Don't think that, you know, you go there and everybody's just like in Shangri-La, yeah. you know, in, in their own little bubble. No, no, no. Even they are upset with the leadership that's going on there. It's crazy to see. It's really sad. Yeah, it is. I mean, the people that are still left. I mean, a lot of places, you know, they closed down the flagship Whole Foods. You know, when you hear things like that, you know, because Whole Foods has money. Okay, they're owned by Amazon. They got the budget to stick around. If the people with the budget ain't sticking around, it's a bad (laughs) sign for the little guy. But just just one question, okay? because Gavin Newsom used to be the mayor of San Francisco and then he became the governor of California. uh, And he said his top priority for the state was getting homelessness under control. Uh, Can you grade him on that top priority based on your experience? Do you feel like he has the situation under control? Listen, uh, I, I don't think that he has the, the situation under control. However, I will uh, 
hold off on my criticism of Gavin Newsom because just in case I need to move to California so that I can collect my reparations check. <laughs> well, here's a newsflash, McBee. You ain't getting that money. I don't know if you caught the. I saw, you got. I saw, I saw. You know. I know. I I, I saw. I, I'm gonna have to have a meeting with Mr. Newsom. <laughs> <laughs> Comedian Charles McBee is on the line. I will uh, a couple of things. So while you were out telling jokes on the other side of the world, I was down in D.C. Uh, not last week and the weekend before for the correspondence dinner, and yeah. Newsom was at every media party, working the oh, refs, you know, selfies, fist bumps, you know, because he still definitely wants to run at some point. So he was kind of buttering everybody up. But it's funny because he was the one who kind of let this reparations discussion go as far along as it did to the point that it was voted on. They ironed out a budget. And he was like, actually, you know, there's other ways we could do this that would be better than giving money. That's what happens, though. That's what happens, though, when you are so woke that mm-hmm. you, you end up woking yourself into a corner. And now <laughs> he looks like a, a jack behind because <laughs> now people are mad at him. Because he let it get that far, and here you go. Now you're the bad guy. Well, this is what happens. People take positions that they never think they'll have to stand by. Like a good example in New York right now is like, you know, New York under Trump was like, we're a sanctuary city. No human being is illegal. And it was easy to say that because the border was secure, so you didn't actually have to take any people. But now that the border's wide open, everybody who's like a sanctuary city is like, we don't have the resources. You can't send them here. It's like Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard is the richest town in America. And they were like, 42 people. We need federal help. It's amazing. You know, what, you know what's funny is that, uh, you know, they keep, you know, like uh, Governor of Texas and different people, you know, whatever. They keep threatening to send more and more immigrants here in buses mm-hmm. as if that's supposed to scare New Yorkers. I'm like, bro, have you been to New York City? <laughs> a, a bus filled with immigrants in New York is just called a bus. They come installed here. It's fine. <laughs> Never mind. It's like if you're walking around New York City, like we're not. Yeah, we're not threatened by the idea of immigrants. Like our resources are strained. It's not you know, I've lost my mind earlier because if they're throwing veterans out of hotels to accommodate people here illegally, you know, I consider that shameful. But it's like, yeah, yeah, we when you talk about our fears, okay, Biden did this over the weekend. Biden spoke at Howard University. He said he told the number one threat facing America is white supremacy. And he goes that I'm not just saying that because I'm at an HBCU. I say that everywhere I go. Okay, mind you, I have a clip that I played one after the other of him being in a white room and being like, you know, the biggest threat facing us is climate change, right? We're all going to melt because of climate change. And it's so amazing that they do this. But it's like because he's old, I think he's from an era in politics where what you say on Monday can't be replayed on Tuesday. Right. So he just campaigns as if no one's ever going to be able to throw the challenge flag. You know, it's kind of amazing. He's like, what is this? What is this Wi-Fi? What are you? What, what's going on here? What are you talking about? <laughs> he thinks it's he thinks it's wifey. He's like, Jill's here. Wifey's here. <laughs> this is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Uh, Charles McBee is on the phone. Uh, do you believe Joe Biden that the biggest threat to society is white supremacy? I I, I patently don't, but I'd argue with you if you did one way or the other. You la- you lost me at do you believe Joe Biden? <laughs> Good for you. It's... That's where you lost me. No, the biggest threat. Now, I'm not going to go extreme and say the biggest threat to society is white supremacy, even though I know a lot of my uh, black colleagues and comrades will, will hate me for that. However, I'm not going to say that it's something that doesn't exist and doesn't need to be addressed and isn't a threat to society. It doesn't so, have the... I'm somewhere in the middle. It's there. 
But is it the thing that I wake up and go to sleep worried about on a day-to-day? No, mm-hmm. not at all. Not no. at all. Here's the thing. There is nowhere in polite society where we, to- we tolerate racism of any kind. You couldn't get a job at a Hess gas station if you posted on Instagram, I don't like these people. Whoever the people happen to be, you'd get docs, they'd contact your employer. Within an hour, you'd be a viral sensation for losing your job. We don't right. live in a, in a society that's tolerant of open discrimination. Like, we've made so much progress. And that's the thing that drives me crazy, is, like, the people who got us here fought got beaten, got jailed, in some instances got killed. So this generation of people can pretend none of the progress was made. It's like 2023, if you're you're Joe Biden, is 1823. And granted, he was alive for both, so maybe he has a perspective that I don't. But it's a scam, and that's the part that drives me crazy. Um, One second. Comedian Charles McBee is on the line. We're having a grown-up talk about all things America. Um, Simone Sanders, who's over on MSNBC, she used to work for this administration, Uh, Mm -hmm. also said the Supreme Court could make it illegal to serve black people. I promise you we're not headed that way, but just in case you're still high from San Francisco, do you (laughs) care to agree with Ms. Sanders? Well, uh, Simone Sanders, if you remember, if you recall, uh, was behind the whole uh, Kamala Gate on a a show that I worked on on another network Mm -hmm. where – the vice president was on, and then all of a sudden she came running into the room saying that <laughs> Kamala couldn't hear us and couldn't hear the host of our show and uh-huh. everything, which was just the scapegoat for her to get off to the- have to answer any questions. <laughs> so I don't really take anything that she says uh, seriously. She works. I will say this. Whoever she works for, mm-hmm. she's going to go work overtime to make sure that their agenda is sought after. So yeah. if she's if she's working for you, whatever your points that you want to make, mm-hmm. whatever they are, she's going to make sure that they're made. That, that's a great point because Biden spoke on you know over the weekend on she's like you know HB told you know Howard white supremacy, and she got right on the air as a former member of this administration. <laughs> it was like oh no no the Supreme Court forget about it. It's a bunch of racists. They're going to come get us. It's true. So it's it's you know if nothing else, she is fighting the ground war on behalf of her ideology and the people that employ her. So I would give her I- that. Yeah, I don't like, you know, it's a circus, unfortunately. I don't like extremes, but that's just where we are now. There's, there's it, you know, saying that we're on the brink of the Supreme Court, uh, you know, putting black people back in slavery and all that kind of stuff is obviously an extreme measure. Uh, on the opposite end, saying that there's no, you know, further uh, progress that we need to make in regards to race relations is also an extreme stance that I'm against, too. It's just it's common sense, folks. Mm-hmm. We just just don't be a, a jack behind. You know, <laughs> don't be a, a um, jerk. It's, it's fair. No, no, it's fair. That's the whole point of the show. I say be a Republican, be a Democrat. Don't be a bleep is what we say. But I think go. but I think this is the problem. You're right. Is that the the media landscape is so vast now between TV and podcasts and radio and everything in between that I think people feel like they're not going to be heard unless they say the most extreme take on the issue. You know what I'm saying? Nobody right. tunes in to hear, yeah, it would be all right, but that isn't the best idea. They they hear, we're all going to die, you know, and that's what gets attention. And I think that's how a lot of people are campaigning and certainly covering stuff, and it's frustrating. But somebody who never exaggerates is Donald Trump, okay? <laughs> always, a, always a measured respect for the English language, you know, using the words just the right way. Never an off-color comment to be made. <laughs> yeah. 
great. When I bring him up, uh, he does the CNN town hall last week. It was my favorite thing in the world, okay? Great. Is that CNN throws him on. They want ratings. Uh, the audience kind of eats it up because it's a Republican-leaning room. But the thing about Trump is you can stick him in just about any leaning room. He's kind of funny. Like, even if you disagree with everything he says. He's not kind of. How dare you? Yeah, he's, he's funny. Hilarious. Yeah, he is. He's hilarious. I'll give you that. Okay, good job. So he's funny. And the point is people liked it. People find it, found it wildly entertaining. It doesn't mean everyone who watched is going to vote for him. It doesn't mean everyone who watched who agreed with him. But it was a hell of a great show. But CNN nonetheless got spent the next 72 hours on the air apologizing for even airing it. But my take is they're not apologizing to the viewers because the viewers really enjoyed it. It's kind of just the media apologizing to the media because I think in their head they're on a team. Like they're in a team sport right now, and they're not supposed to be engaging in anything that might help the other team. I mean, is that was that your takeaway, or did you think there were people out there that CNN was apologizing to that were, like, legitimately broken down and weeping that didn't work in the media? Uh, a, a couple things, and I'll be very quick. I'll mm-hmm. be very brief. One, they were – I think they were apologizing to – it's kind of the – it's kind of like if you're a comic in the back of the room, right, or if you're if you're on stage and you know that your peers are in the back of the room, and you do something that's kind of hack or or that would be considered maybe mm-hmm. hack or considered like, you, call oh, it out. you know, you've been doing the same bit since, yeah. you know, nine years ago, something like that. You immediately kind of go back to the back of the room. Or if you do a new bit that doesn't really go over well, you go back to the back of the room. You see the comic, your, your peer, and you go, ah, you know, working on the new stuff. But it's kind of your way of copping a plea or uh-huh. apologizing to your peer because you're a little embarrassed, even <laughs> though the joke might have killed in the room or it might have did well on stage. Uh-huh. I say that to say these anchors on CNN, they feel a little embarrassed by these other hoity-toity peers of theirs mm-hmm. that they kind of have to look at and go, yeah, we had them on the network. So they're getting creamed on MSNBC. They're getting creamed by the Young Turks. They're getting creamed by all these other people. And now they feel a little embarrassed. Meanwhile, and also because they come off as hypocrites because they were the same network that said, we'll never have him back on. <laughs> He's a monster. We're sorry we ever aired him in the first place. And when the ratings tanked after he left and now they have new leadership, here they go, giving him his own his own comedy special. <laughs> is, there, is there anything funnier? Like, they were cheering when Twitter banned him. They're like, this man right. should not have a platform to reach the public. Uh, other than this coming Wednesday. Well, he'll have a live 90 minutes right on our network in primetime. It just shows you the just nonsense and hypocrisy in our media. And, and I'd have more respect if they just said, hey, look, He's running for president. He's a former president, and he's in the lead. Of course, we're having him on. If you like it, you don't. Whatever, but they won't do that. You know, they'll they'll have him on, and they go, "Can you believe this guy?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I can't believe we aired this. This is unbelievable. I mean, what were we oh, thinking? My God, it's it's so because that's my one favorite thing about Trump. Okay, whether he was a politician or he was the host of The Apprentice, there has only ever been one Trump. Like if you go back to the 70s, you go back to the 80s, okay, when he was doing The View, when he was hanging out with Barbara Walters, okay, Donald Trump, the guy, has always been the same guy, pugnacious, be a little crass, Mm -hmm. you know, he's vicious with interviewers if he doesn't like a question, like, you're a nasty person. (laughs) Like he's, there's never been like this other version of Trump. 
So it's like when he ran for president and everybody was like, oh, this guy's literally Hitler. I'm like, well, you hung out with Hitler for the last 30 years. So that makes you literally Goebbels. You know what I mean? (laughs) Then when, you know, post-presidency, they had all chased him out of polite society. But then when they put him back on TV, CNN was like, I can't believe the way this guy talked to our moderator. I'm like, but there was no (laughs) other Trump out there. Did you think there was this this other Trump? Trump is just Trump is going to Trump. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. everybody feigning outrage in one direction or the other is more full of it than he is because they all knew the guy. I, I also love the moderator. And I, I don't want to be disrespectful. I forget mm-hmm. the moderator's oh, name. Oh, Caitlin Collins. Yeah, most Caitlin people have, Collins. though. Don't be. Don't feel bad. But no, 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 no. I, but I also love the fact that she kind of had her uh, – <laughs> <laughs> she kind of was given this whole, I'm going to hold you, yeah. hold you to it and hold your feet to the fire. It just did not work at nope. all. It, you, just let it just ask, let him answer the question. You can call him on something once, but trying to back him into a corner and, and show that you're not going to, mm-hmm. you're going to fact check him to death. We, we know who he is. You guys let him on your network. You know what he's going to do. You know, you can maybe follow up with one thing, but after that, move on to something else or let the audiences ask their questions. Yeah, it was so true because it was it was a town hall and the town got to ask four questions. She <laughs> in 70 <laughs> minutes, everything was it was just a debate between him and her. It was so funny right. but that. Yep, that's what it was. Well, the ratings were good. Uh, the reaction, of course, bad. I love the analogy, though, that CNN is just apologizing to the other comics. That's really fun. That's really funny. Uh, sorry, I'm doing my Trump material in primetime MSNBC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny, McBee. Um, all right. Well, well, I'm glad you made it back from the thriller video in one piece. Uh, we'll talk. Listen, I want to shout out to Frank and Sam and everybody else in the all the tent. <laughs> my people it's hard selling it's hard selling uh dvds after the show to people who live in tents it's the one thing i have found about doing comedy in progressive cities oh, it's, it's really sad i and i and I say that in jest. Don't cancel me or cancel me. I don't care. But I, I do feel bad for the people out there who, under just bad leadership, is you know kind of yep. suffering. It's not good. Yeah. Not no, good. it's not good. But there's the thing. We used to feel a societal shame about this. We would say, hey, we got to help these people. We got to get them off the street. We got to get them off tents. We got to do what we can to get them off drugs. Now we're going the opposite. We're like, no, no, you got to fund the tents and give them clean injection sites. But that ultimately is not compassionate. They want you to believe it's compassionate, but it's just holding these people into a lifestyle that's really gruesome to be around, you know? So I I think we joke about it because we do have empathy. You know, when we when we start becoming those other guys, you know, then I think it's a problem. So then I think we should just move into a tent together. But that's another conversation for another time. <laughs> You're the best, McBee. I'll see you soon, brother. Peace. There he goes. There we go. Back after this. Call in now. We're excited to hear from you. Who the f- is this? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. If you happen to be my TV buddy as well, buckle up. we got a big week this week. I'm on with Sean Hannity tonight at 9 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. In the 6 o'clock hour, I'll be on with Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy on the bottom line. That's going to be a banger. Tomorrow morning, I'm on Fox and Friends, 6.50 in the morning. You'll also see me on with Stuart Varney at 11 a.m. Uh, tomorrow night, I'm on with Kennedy on the Fox Business Network at the 7 p.m. mark. And at 10 p.m., I will be on with Laura Ingram, getting the band back together on the Ingram Angle Wednesday. 
I am on Fox News primetime with the great Will Kane, And then Thursday, you will see me hosting Gutfeld, the number one late night show in the country. I'll be in the host chair before we head down to Clearwater this weekend. So get your game face on. Buckle up. Jason Chaffetz in the next hour doing the damn thing. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. We got a big one coming up in this hour. Jason Chaffetz, former Utah congressman, Fox News contributor, is going to take us inside the 2024 race for the White House. We're going to talk about the Democratic side of the aisle. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I don't know if we can, but the Trump Town Hall is complete. The media is still freaking out about it. We're going to get into that, and we're going to talk about Ron DeSantis, who had a pretty impressive swing through Iowa over the weekend. Wrong. Who knows how this plays out, but 888-788-9910 if you want to make a prediction one way or the other. Uh, 888-788-9910 on a busy Monday episode of the show. Uh, I'm on Hannity tonight at 9 o'clock. I'll be on the Fox Business Network prior to that in the 6 p.m. hour with Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy. Uh, But right now I am right here with you on the radio where I belong, and I wanted to just dive into some things. It's got got a lot on the plate. It's kind of busy. Sometimes You know, you just got to dive in and get moving. It's where we're at right now in this hour. Normally we'd be a little more organized, which is we're just clearing brush in this hour. He's got to start raking. There's not a lot to it. It's not a lot of technique. This is real radio grunt work because there's just a big pile of nonsense we've got to pull apart. So last week, if you remember, Trump had a town hall. And in the aftermath of the town hall, after CNN got more ratings in one night than it had in the previous year, uh, it was the highest, you know, highest rated telecast. CNN's averaging right now. I'm not even kidding, like less than a million people in primetime. Less than a million. That can't be good. Not good. So Trump the other night shows up, they get three and a half million. You would think. You would think. Uh, But when the town hall was over, every one of their anchors, (laughs) which is so crazy, spent the ensuing 72 hours apologizing to the viewers. Okay, they were apologizing to the viewers, which I got to be honest with you, it really is embarrassing. Okay, that was absolutely dreadful. Seriously, why? Okay, the viewers were fine with it. The viewers showed up. They're like, ah, this was funny. Ah, it was entertaining. Oh, we like his substantive takes. But the media's values are not those of the voters. But one of the things I wanted to circle back to, because we talked about it at great length last week, was the fact that in the aftermath of this town hall, we've got people all over the media saying, oh, Trump wouldn't, you know, Trump was siding with Russia. He said he wanted to give away Ukraine. That's what he's doing. Joe Scarborough made the claim. Here it is. Clip 30. An audience that mocked and ridiculed a woman uh, who a jury of her peers, Donald Trump's peers, found had been sexually assaulted. Those Americans there last night turned that into a punchline, laughed and dismissed cops getting the kicked out of them on January the 6th, beaten up over and over again, calling a cop a thug Mm -hmm. who actually was trying to stop 
people from the House floor from being killed. Um, I could go, I just could go on and on, basically saying he would turn over uh, Ukraine to Vladimir Putin. I don't have any friends. He said he would turn over Ukraine to Vladimir Putin. That is a fact check false. I mean, if you want to go through line by line, the audience at the town hall was not laughing and mocking sexual assault. They were laughing and mocking, not even mocking, just laughing at Trump's description of the court case in which his side was denied certain elements of evidence and talking about the fact that, if you remember, E. Jean Carroll uh, was once ran off the air on CNN because she was making outrageously weird comments. People have spent the ensuing week unearthing all of E. Jean Carroll's tweets, some in which she declared that The Apprentice was her favorite show. This is supposedly 30 years after a rape. She loves The Apprentice. She was on CNN with Anderson Cooper, and she said she doesn't think rape is bad. She thinks it's sexy. That's a weird comment. If you remember, Trump had mentioned during the town hall that the woman was a little strange and had a cat named Vagina. (laughs) The audience was just laughing at the ridiculousness of it all. They weren't there to say sexual assault is good, although E. Jean Carroll said it had a sexy connotation. I don't know what to make of that. Neither did Anderson Cooper. So he rushed her off the air, if you remember that interview from a few years back. But understand when he talks about, oh, they were... Laughing at cops getting beat up. Nobody was laughing at cops getting beat up. And it's funny how Joe Scarborough has such a different attitude towards the police, okay? A Capitol Police officer shot Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed protester, in the throat and killed her. And in this instance, Joe Scarborough is all in. This cop deserves our respect. And every cop deserves our respect, to be clear. But this is the same Joe Scarborough that would tell you the cops were racist If they shot a guy like Jacob Blake, who had sexually assaulted a woman at knife point in front of her kid. Okay, Joe Scarborough thinks those cops are evil. How dare you shoot a guy sexually assaulting a woman at knife point? You know, now the cop shooting the unarmed Trump supporter, that's a good cop. Okay, the point is, I support all cops and I give all cops the benefit of the doubt until they've proven that they don't deserve it. But the convenient cherry picking when it comes to attitudes towards protecting law enforcement is pretty laughable when it comes to Joe Scarborough. As for his claim that Trump wanted to give Ukraine over to Russia. It's kind of laughable. I would even let Byron Donalds point that out, as he did on CNN. It's clip 28. First of all, town halls are for the voters, not for the press, not for the person who's the moderator. Caitlin spent more time interjecting her own viewpoints or her own look, views on the situation. Me, the, the, hold, those hold, are hold, actually hold, facts. Now, now are you, hold on. Are you guys not going to interject your well, views over here? Do I get a chance to right, speak now? If you're speaking okay, falsely, wait a second, wait a those second, were wait facts. The town hall is for the president to speak to the voters of New Hampshire, not for this back and forth well, with, with media. Who that's number that? one. Hold on. That's, hold on. That's number one. Number two, with respect to Ukraine, I totally disagree. He did not say he was just going to give over Ukraine the way you intimate, Van. He did not say that. He didn't say he what would, he said he was Van, what he said was is that he would actually look for a solution to end it quickly. He put 24 hours on it, but let's be very clear. What Joe Biden has done has been a disaster because initially with 
Ukraine. Joe Biden wanted to give Vladimir Zelensky a, a ride out of Dodge. He wanted to give him a plane ride. And it wasn't until people in Moscow, in Ukraine, here in the United States, said this invasion is wrong that Joe Biden reversed course. Do you want a victory in Ukraine? Do you want a victory in Ukraine? I'm just trying to respond to everything that's been coming up on the table. I'm surrounded by idiots. Did you hear that? Do you want a victory in Ukraine? How about you? Do you want a victory in Ukraine? Oh, shut up, woman. Yo. You see what they're trying to do here? It's not about what Trump said. It's not about what his surrogate said. It's about how they can recharacterize what was said. Bingo. Joe Scarborough saying the audience cheered because he said he wanted to hand Ukraine over to Putin. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. Here are Trump's words. Okay, I played them last week. I just want to play them one more time because all I'm interested in is a fair conversation. I don't care. I'm not in charge of the democracy. It's not my job to tell you how to vote. It's not what I want to do. It just sounds exhausting. Okay, I'm a talk show host. I love it. It's great. It's a lot of fun. But Trump was asked by Caitlin Collins if he wants Ukraine to win the war. Now, Trump did not explicitly say yes. Why? Because if you're the president vowing to bring both sides to the table to negotiate a truce, you can't declare allegiance to one side and expect the other side to show up and believe you're bargaining in good faith. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, you there's no way in hell you go, hey, we need to negotiate a settlement. Now I'm on their side. But you come over here and bargain with us, and trust me, we'll give you a good deal. Don't worry, we're going to give you a fair deal. Come on, don't bullshit me. No one's going to believe that. That's why he's not declaring an allegiance. But understand what Trump is declaring here is the priority of we need to end the bloodshed. We need to stop spending all this money to further the bloodshed. No one even acknowledges that as a good thing. They just look right past it and look for a soundbite, look for a line of attack. Who, who is this guy that wants to end the bloodshed? What kind of a monster would want to end the bloodshed? I mean, that's the angle here. Here is Caitlin Collins not acknowledging any of the positives. Clip 20. If I'm president, I will have that war settled in one day, 24 hours. How would you settle that war in one day? First, I'll meet with Putin. I'll meet with Zelensky. They both have weaknesses and they both have strengths. And within 24 hours, that war will be settled. It'll be over. It'll be absolutely over. Do you over. want Ukraine to win this war? Uh, I don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled so we stop killing all these people and breaking down this country. Now, You but said one you of the don't things think you have to do is you have losing. to get the, you have Mr. to get President, Europe. Can I just follow up on that because that's a really important statement. Excuse me, statement let me just follow up. There. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying, Russians and Ukrainians. I want them to stop dying, and I'll have that done. I'll have that done in 24 hours. I'll have it done. You need the power of the presidency to do it. But you but won't say that you want Ukraine to win. You, you know what I'll you say? Were, I'll say this. I want Europe to put up more money because they're in for 20 billion. We're in for 170, and they should an be, and they should the equalize. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> All she wants is him to say Ukraine should win. Now, why is she doing that? Are you ready? It's because she's trying to position his non-endorsement. As him supporting Russia. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. That's why they're saying this. Oh, he's a Putin puppet. See, he won't declare his allegiance to Zelensky because he's on Russia's side. That's why they're asking the question. 
is they're trying to position the non-answer as an endorsement of Putin. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. And that's why they took it a step further. She asked, do you think Putin's a war criminal? Let me give you Trump's take. Now, understand, I'm not running the Donald Trump radio defense fund. I think the best person personally that the Republicans could nominate is Tim Scott. I don't know that he has any chance of getting it. And I will support any Republican nominee over Joe Biden 366 days a year. I will force a leap year on us just to get me one extra day so we can all get out there and support anybody but Joe Biden. Come on, man. Joe Biden sucks. He's the worst president I've ever seen. In terms of electability, I think Trump has the steepest hill to climb just because of all the baggage he mobilizes people against him because of how much the Democrats hate him. That doesn't mean he can't win. That doesn't mean I wouldn't be happy if he won comparative to Biden. But the point is I'm not making this distinction to you because I'm stumping for Donald Trump. I'm making this distinction right here on the radio right now because I want you to understand just how full of okay, they're that full of They are, okay? The reason Trump can't call Putin a war criminal, do you understand, is not because he's on Putin's side. It's because if you declare a guy a war criminal, okay, a war criminal means he is going to be tried and killed. If you tell somebody they're a war criminal, can you expect them to show up and negotiate with you in good faith? The answer would be no. This is so obvious. But here she is pressing. Come on, call him a war criminal. Why won't you call him a war criminal? Now, the reason she wants him called a war criminal, and this is the cold part, and nobody wants to be adult about this and admit it, they don't care about the people dying in Ukraine. They don't care if this war goes on endlessly. There's a lot of money being made. There's a lot of cash being made by that war in Ukraine. They don't care about the people in Ukraine. They want the likes for putting a profile flag, you know, a, a picture of the Ukrainian flag in their profile. They want the likes, the digital dopamine that comes with saying, stand with Ukraine. But if you're not trying to find an off-ramp in Ukraine right now in this moment, you're not actually there looking out for the people in Ukraine. You're subjecting them to endless bloodshed and conflict. Trump, in saying I won't declare one of them a war criminal, gives you a greater chance of bringing them to the table peacefully and negotiating a settlement to all the violence. But they'd rather hear Putin declared a war criminal, at which point Putin does what? Surrender? Negotiate? Of course not. He escalates the conflict. Here's Trump, at least, knowing, knowing that to be the truth. Clip 21. Do you believe that Putin is a war criminal? He's responsible for the deaths of thousands well, of Well, I think this, I think it's something that not, should not be discussed now. It should be discussed later, because right now we have to get a war. If you say he's a war criminal, it's going to be a lot tougher to make a deal to get this thing stopped. Because if he's going to be a war criminal where people are going to go and grab him and execute him, he's going to fight a lot harder than he's fighting, you know, under the other circumstance. Uh, that's something to be discussed at a later date. Right now, we want to get that war settled. And I'm not talking about the money either. I'm talking about all the lives that are being... The number of people being killed in that war is far greater than you're hearing. When they blow up a city and those buildings come pouring down and then they say two people were injured, no, no, hundreds and thousands of people are being killed and we have to get that war settled. Imagine. But she says, isn't it a priority to call it a... Isn't it a priority to call him a war criminal or something like that? No. The God's honest truth is no. If your priority is to end the war and end the bloodshed, then calling Putin a war criminal is not a priority. It's not. You might think he is, but it's not a priority. You designate him as a war criminal, he's never going to stop fighting because an end of the fighting means the end of him. 
But that's the cold reality here is the people on the left, the people trying to score points. But look at Trump. He's in Putin's pocket. How dare he call for an end to the war and the bloodshed? It's because they don't care if more people die as long as it allows them to score political points. Look at the southern borders, humanitarian crisis. Six million people have come here illegally. Fentanyl's not a leading cause of death in this country, all because of the poorest southern border. They don't care. It's more important for them to say border security is racist, and if you support it, you're a racist, and they know that yelling racism scores them political points. So the truth is they'll look the other way towards the suffering of women, okay, when it comes to 30% of the women being sexually assaulted at the border. They'll look the other way at the fact that 95,000 kids have been lost by this administration. And, yes, they'll look the other way forever in Ukraine if it means they can label the Republicans a bunch of Russian puppets. That's what's going on. They don't care who lives. They don't care who dies. The only thing they care for is who you vote for. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that's not afraid to tell you the truth. Not only are you not a very nice person, you're also a slob. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Trying to have a nice conversation. You can't get a straight answer out of anybody. Everyone's just so full of it right now. I'll give you an example. Good thing DeSantis did over the weekend. Love him, hate him, whatever. So DeSantis shared the GoFundMe link, okay, for the Marine here in New York City who sprung into action to save women and children on the subway train from a zombie attacker. The man, Daniel Penny, now being criminally charged here in New York for his role in protecting the people on the train. That's not right. Not even a little right. Okay, so he tweeted the GoFundMe link. Uh, as we came to air today, it had raised over $1.8 million. Let's hope it's higher than even that by now. Because in pretending what happened on the subways in New York was somehow racist, you have to, one, believe the guy only sprung into action because of the race of the passenger. You have to, two, believe that the black man helping him subdue Jordan Neely was somehow racist. And three, you have to overlook the fact that 85% of the people they were protecting on the train were minorities. So if, in fact, these were the actions of a white supremacist, apparently they were reading from a handbook that had a few typos in it. But that's the part that's left us in such a state of disrepair. We're prioritizing everything except the real issue. Marines riding the subway aren't the problem in New York City. It's the tens of thousands of mentally ill people that are out there attacking passengers. Hello. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up to talk to this next guest, who's not only a fan favorite on the show, but it has been brought to my attention that he is going to guest host this program this Thursday. Will you admit to that on the air, sir? Jason Chaffetz is here. Yes. What an, a tremendous honor. I Boom. don't know where you're going, what you're doing, but scoot over. I would love to do it. That, that would be a lot of fun. Jason Chaffetz in the house. Uh, no, the fact that, uh, listen, the fact that you're willing to do it, uh, it's, you know, I'm going to try not to get emotional, uh, but you know, it means a lot to me, Chaffetz, that you'd come over and class up the, the, the show. Just the only thing I ask is these people are used to me for three hours a day. So don't use any big words. You're going to, 
<laughs> oh, I don't think that's the challenge. I, I think the dress code I'm going to have to work on. I gonna... <laughs> would be funny. I would imagine I left you a jacket. That would be you would get a call from wardrobe instantly. <laughs> the minute the Fox Nation cameras came on, you might get tased by wardrobe as a matter. Yeah, of Yeah, that, that I'm that's a whole nother level. I'm just not used to. And, um, <laughs> no, you so, don't know them that. Yeah. You don't know them that. Jason Chaffetz is on the line. Now, there would be a full blown intervention, but I want to talk about another intervention hold on a second so one of my favorite things last week was the trump town hall and you know the viewers seem to love it okay it rated well for cnn which is more than you can say for most of their programming at this point uh but they spent the rest of the week and most of the weekend apologizing for the fact that they even aired it which is so crazy because people liked it so i don't know Go ahead. I, they, I heard Joe Concha, and he was talking about how they had more than 3 million people watch it. And then the next night when Anderson Cooper came on to apologize, he had like 500,000 people. I know. It, it's just they were attracting people that never watched the network. And ever since they stopped paying airports to run their programming, they just don't have much of an audience. That's such a great point. And nobody but nobody that's actually watching the channel the day after was there for the debate. So it's like, why are you, I mean, for the town hall. Apologizing anyway. for what? I, I mean, know. you know, this is who we are in America. We we should be debating more, debating more not less. And you may not like the answers. You, 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 uh, so many times they said, oh, it's false. It was a lie. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm sorry, but that's just not their role. And they may disagree with it. And some other fact checker may say, well, we see it this way. But this is a former president, uh, president of the United States, the leader of the Republican Party at this point. And I, the other thing that I love, Jimmy, is when they complained right at the beginning. Why do you keep talking about 2020? And then they went to people in the, yeah. this audience and he said, because that's the first question you gave the guy. <laughs> that's so true. It was so true. They're like, uh, so what do you like better, Pizza Hut or Domino's? He's like, well, the thing about delivery, and they're like, this guy won't stop talking about pizza. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Exactly. You asked him the question, Jason Chaffetz. He sees through it. Come on, man. And that was my favorite thing, though, is the idea that they're like, you know, they gave this man a platform. I'm like, no, no, no. He gave them a platform. Okay, this idea that a Trump Trump, for whatever people think of him, he's the most famous person alive on the planet right now. So the idea that if CNN didn't put him on last Wednesday, no one would have heard his ideas. It's like they frame this giving him a platform like it's a garage band and no one would have heard their music were it not for CNN. Well, there's two different things that come to mind. One is that don't ever put him on the air. Don't mention his name. Don't talk about him. Don't cover him. Don't show any video. If that's the way you feel, if you're not going to be a news station, then, you know, just don't put him on the air. But they won't do that because he's ratings gold, Jimmy. You know yes, that. You know is. that he's gonna. they're going to have him on time and time again. But you know what? The second thing is, well, okay, if, if uh, uh, Donald Trump's willing to sit through that, why don't you have Kamala Harris or Joe Biden do the same thing? Imagine. Because they can't. Listen. They can't do it. They can't answer those questions. Well, that's the big problem is Trump spoke for an hour. Biden, Biden takes an hour to find his way off the stage. Are you like like if that band isn't getting overtime, like when you sign up to be in the, the White House band, OK, it's supposed to be a cushy gig. You play Hail to the Chief once a day and you go to a Hooters. You know what I'm saying? They're playing at least three, four renditions a day of Hail to the Chief while he wanders around the stage. 
whoever the agent is for that band, I hope they're getting extra money. <laughs> Just keep going. You can see the conductor. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> they give the stretch sign. Like when you're a comedian, they That's tell right. you the stretch. Stretch it out. Stretch it out. <laughs> you know, they, those, those remixes of Hail to the Chief, you're like, this is a nine-minute Hail to the Chief. It's usually like 35 seconds, man. It's crazy. It is amazing how consistently – he can't find his way off stage, of which he just walked on. That's it's what's like, crazy. And we're all supposed to pretend this is okay, Chavis. I know. And he puts out his hands like he's balancing and looking around. Like mm-hmm. um, uh, It's hard to watch. Jason Chavitz is on the line. I know. They're sending Biden to Japan this Thursday. I'm like, just send him to Epcot and tell him he's in Japan. <laughs> like, why are you going to embarrass us on the world stage? We're just going to have another one of those dopey exchanges. So he spoke over the weekend. This is my favorite thing. Okay. He tells Howard University. Uh, you know, the HBCU, that the number one threat facing them is white supremacy. But he then makes it a point, which that's already (laughs) shameless and ridiculous. But he then makes it a point to say, and I'm not just saying this because we're at a historically black college. I say it everywhere. Now, a lot of people don't have a long memory in media because we're getting so besieged by stories in real time. But a week ago, Biden told a different audience the number one threat was climate change. So he's, he does just say that wherever, you know, wherever the hell he goes, he just he's campaigning in 2023 like it's 1973, meaning no one's going to hear the Monday speech on Tuesday. If they weren't in the room, you don't have to worry about them bringing it back up. But like, do you think that's what it is? Like he doesn't understand technology because it's it's a pretty brazen lie, number one. But number two, the fact that he's called other things the biggest threat would easily contradict what he said. Okay, so I want to break that down, but let's also understand Howard University is like, it's prestigious, okay? Yep. It's generated a lot of good. But the reason, this is what got me, I couldn't get past this in mm-hmm. order to even get to the president's speech. The reason, the stated reason that they gave him an honorary degree, they could have just been honest and say, we're giving him an honorary degree because he's the president of the United States and this is really good for our university. Yep. They didn't do that. They did it for his analytical intellect and popularity on both sides of the aisle. (laughs) Popularity is a way to get a honorary degree from Howard university. What's up with that? (laughs) I couldn't get past those two, Jimmy, to even try to decipher his, the biggest thing you're going to face is white supremacy. I mean, come on, Chaffetz. 32% of the people, when you talk about his analytical intellect, 32% of the people think he's mentally fit to serve. 32%. So, I mean, imagine that. So when, when Biden left the stage... They brought OJ on for honored him for his commitment to a healthy marriage. <laughs> and up next, and up next, uh, former running back. We just want to salute him. It's so it's so stupid. Uh, give and me his this. popularity with the on both sides of the aisle. That's. Yeah. <laughs> I listen. I, I I laugh at stuff like this. It's kind of like a coping mechanism. But I don't know if behind closed doors they're being honest with themselves. Like, I don't know if they secretly do think it's going okay. Do you think they have the level of self-awareness to know within the Biden camp that it's not going okay? Yeah. They do know that, you think? Yeah. I do. I I tend to think that there are some puppeteers out there that like the idea that they can kind of control, manipulate, and move forward. The most progressive agenda we've ever seen – um, because you have a president who's pretty much unaware of his surroundings and what's going on. And 
tells stories that, I mean, just make no sense. And I think at the end of the day, when the history looks back, we're going to look at people like Jill Biden and Ron Klain and, and Susan Rice and these people that were closest to him. And we're going to figure out that, you know what, uh, they were calling all the shots and this guy was oblivious. He comes down in the Oval Office for an hour or two. Um, I mean, look at his schedule today. It, it's it's Monday. It's a work day. He's going to his grandson's or grandchild's graduation, and then he'll be back at the White House later tonight. Absolutely. I mean, I, and we got a debt ceiling problem. We got an immigration problem. I mean, how many inflation problem? No, so man. yeah, <laughs> priorities, Chafe. It's come on. Uh, listen, on the plus side, at least he's acknowledging one of his grandkids. Well, yeah, you know, one of those grandkids put they got uh, part of that hundred thousand dollars that Joe <laughs> Biden did for setting up uh, some influence peddling there in Romania as a thank you. Louis Free uh, put a hundred thousand dollars into his grandkids' account, so they're pretty. They're talk about white privilege and yep. um, moving off to on the right side of the aisle. They they. Because Joe Biden was vice president, they got $100,000 in their bank account. Think about that. So I was I interviewed James Comer earlier in the day. And without even getting into all of the minutia of what they're finding, uh, it's a very simple question. Anyone listening can play along. None of us have ever heard of a legitimate business entity that wired money for payment through 15 different shell companies before depositing it in a grandchild's bank account. Like if me, me and you go out to dinner, right? And we're like, all right, we're going to split the check. And at the end of you owe me a hundred bucks and, or I owe you a hundred bucks. And you're like, now, Jimmy, just send me the money through 15 different accounts. (laughs) I I would venture to say there's something nefarious about how this money's being made or the origin source. No, it needs to be put in the trust account for my grandkids. (laughs) And, And it's just, I mean, it it really is stunning. I mean, Haley Biden, for instance, is one of the recipients. Mm -hmm. She's a school counselor. Yep. Now, what did you do as a school counselor to justify, you know, this money that's coming out of China and and who knows where else? Yep. Romania. There's a lot lot of cash out there. I I like Romania. I went to Romania. Loved Romania. You know, it's funny. My brother Mike went to Romania. Uh, and they love America, by the way. Is that That's what I was told. My brother Mike said they were, like, very pro-American over there, and he had a good oh, time. Yeah. You yeah. see? No, I, if you get a chance to go to Romania, two thumbs up. It's worth the, worth the trip. It's beautiful. Look at Chavitz trying to muscle in on even more guest hosting work. He's like, yeah, go to Romania. I'll handle the week. I'll take over your whole show, <laughs> you dirtbag. You're actually setting me up like I'm going to find out they hate Americans. You set me up. <laughs> Kennedy. Kennedy is, like, the biggest. Ro- She's got a. Yes, she, she is. loves Romania. Well, me and Kennedy are going down to Clearwater this weekend. We're doing uh, the Capitol Theater. And uh, uh, I have to tell you, our, our audience is so far, because we only had one date on this little stand-up tour we're doing. The first one was in Reading, PA. Some of the rowdiest human beings I've ever met. Like, my crowd's a good-natured, fun-loving crowd. I minimize the amount of hanging out we do because they don't know how to – they don't know the difference between hospitality and a hazing ritual. And what I mean by that is nobody – I've never done a show with my radio audience that's like, let me buy you a drink, where they don't actually mean 400 drinks. You know what I'm saying? And now that they've all heard me say that on the radio, now anytime I go out for a drink with these people, they're just, no, we'll buy you one drink. But it's that cartoon drink that you could sit in because it's so big. <laughs> no, no, we only bought you one drink. What are you talking about? They're crazy. But the point is, yes, you add like a sprinkle of Kennedy into the mix, and it's like you're just pledging a fraternity this weekend. It's horrible. 
terrifying how much drinking and craziness goes on. So I love Kennedy. Yeah, she is one of my favorite people and just downright funny to yes. the bone. Yeah, yeah she's that great. would be a good time. I would that uh, Jimmy and Kennedy. That that's well, a good. That's a good Listen, pairing. We're going to book a Utah gig and come your way and burn it down. Provo's been waiting for that. <laughs> long long overdue, Chaffetz. Well, <laughs> the American people thrilled to know the show will be in good hands this Thursday. So what I'm doing is I'm hosting Gutfeld, um, but I have to do awesome. a, a pile of writing, and I have some interviews for some crazy Fox Nation documentary. I have a documentary coming out about the moon landing uh-huh. and, and how we obviously faked it and everybody knows. Uh <laughs> <laughs> That's not the premise, but the premise is we're exploring the origins of the conspiracy and, you know, all of that stuff and kind of kind of having fun with it, if you will. And uh, so I have a day of shooting Thursday and then I got to do Gutfeld. So you're actually literally holding the country. Boy, together. My tears, tears are just flowing off my cheeks. Oh, here. you stop just, it. That's a rough day. I'm not Ooh. complaining. This is amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm honored, whatever the excuse is. But, yeah, you got that. Listen, Blue collar hardcore work going on, Jimmy. I can totally understand why oh, you need Chaffetz. somebody to fill in. You're the best. Well, no, the truth is the only thing I ever worry about around here is radio because this is I like radio as you do. Uh-huh. I like having room to have a 15 minute conversation. So I'll always like radio more than TV because I feel like on TV my time is shorter, you know. Um, so I actually like this is this is it. This is the store. You know what I mean? We got to mind the store. I'm not worried about, you know, when I'm on TV, uh, you know, you could disappear tomorrow. They'll fill three minutes on TV, but three hours of radio, you need real muscle, Chaffetz, so we're well, sending the I am wolf. honored, honored, because um, you have such a fun show. You've got a great audience, and um, I told them, line it up with guests. Let's just have some fun. And uh, <laughs> It's going to be a track meet. Yes, it's going to be fun. So thank you. Honored that you would ask. Jason Chaffetz is going to have the Southern Border episode of Fox Across America. Yeah. It's going to be thousands of people crossing into the studio. We're going to bring in some Afghans. We're going to bring in people from all over the world. 68 countries will be represented, members yes. of the Terror Watch list. What's not to love? Yes. Uh, all right, Chaffetz, give my best to my Orcas on Thursday. Yes. <laughs> I'll see you soon. <laughs> will do. You're the best, We'll buddy. miss you, but we'll talk soon. All right, rock and roll. Take care. There he goes, the great Jason Chaffetz. You can listen to him hosting this very program this coming Thursday as I will be hosting Gottfeld and getting on the road down to Clearwater. Uh, These things have to happen. But, yes, I always make sure I leave you guys in good hands because this show for me is like the most fun thing in the world, you know, because we really get to talk about stuff. And it's like a lot of hard news, but we have fun. You know, no one else is doing this. Like I look around, you know, the radio dial, and there's a couple of really great shows out there having a good time, but I wish there were more people doing what we do, which is, you know, take the news seriously, but don't take yourself seriously, because this whole country feels like it's on the verge of snapping. Do you remember the Michael Douglas movie, Falling Down, where just he's had enough already? You know, I feel like we're all in that position, or we're Howard Beale, you know, you're watching the, like the movie Network, and you're, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! I'm trying to get you back to a place where you will take this a little more. So, for that, you're welcome. Back after this. It's the fastest part of your workday. Wow, you're pretty quick for a big guy. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are in the bottom of the ninth here on the radio. This party makes its way over to TV from here. Six o'clock. I'm on with Diggy McDowell and Sean Duffy on the bottom line. 
Tonight at 9 o'clock, I'll be on with Sean Hannity on the Fox News Channel. Tomorrow morning, 6.50 in the morning, I am on Fox and Friends. Hey, girl. At 11 a.m., I will be on with the great Stuart Varney on Fox Business. Then tomorrow night, 7 p.m., I'm on Kennedy on the Fox Business Network. And at 10 p.m., I will be on with Laura Ingram on the Ingram Angle. Uh, Wednesday, I am on Fox News Tonight. Will Kane in the 8 p.m. slot this week. And then Thursday at 11 o'clock, I am hosting Gutfeld, girlfriend. I am filling in for Greg, our lovable comedy dwarf. So we got a lot of happening on the telly, you and me, and we got a lot of work to do on the radio as well. Um, one thing on the way out the door here today that I wanted to get here, okay, a lot of people have been trying to mischaracterize this position about the Ukraine war and Trump's answer, and he wouldn't you know, swear allegiance to Ukraine. He needs to bring Putin to the table in good faith. Here's Michael McCall from Florida explaining it on ABC, clip 23. He's your Republican frontrunner right now. Well, and, and I think Donald and, and, Trump... And he, and he can't say whether or not he wants Ukraine to, to win against Russia, uh, Russian aggression. I think he always thinks in terms of winning and losing. I, I will say this. I think what he is thinking is that this counteroffensive, which is happening soon will be so successful that we can have a ceasefire and maybe get to a negotiating phase. Um, do I want Ukraine to win? Of course. That's why I wanted the administration to put everything they had into this conflict so they could win. That's the point. And he didn't want them to declare an allegiance because you're not going to get a negotiation on the front end if you say, yeah, this guy sucks, he's a war criminal. The point I'm trying to say, media, is... You are so full of sh- Anyway... Over to the TV from here. I miss you guys already. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.